Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, Episode 5. In this final episode of our Intentional Practices series, we're talking about the shopping budget. One of the most important things we do to make sure we avoid conflict about money and finance. I hope you're ready. Let's get to it. One of our favorite topics today, that, and probably one of the oldest things we've done out of all the things we've or have talked about in the Intentional Practice series and that we do day-to-day together is the shopping budget. Do you think we're going to start every episode by saying this is our favorite thing that we do? Well, my accident, if I said a favorite, one of the oldest. I was going to say the same thing. That's why I asked, because I was like, I'm so excited to talk about this. I think it's my favorite. I was trying to think about this because we took people through how life planning dinner has changed and how goal setting has changed or some of the other things that we've talked about. I don't think this has changed since oh, day one. No, I think this is something that we nailed it on the first try. Yes. Or you did, because I don't think this was my idea. <laughs> so let's talk about the shopping budget as an overview and what it is. And then we can talk about how I think you invented it, because I don't think I did. As we mentioned in the last episode, we're pretty strategic and detailed about our budgeting. And one of the things that exists in our budget every single month is what we call the shopping budget, which is an amount of money every month that each of us are allocated for totally discretionary spending. So spending on anything we want to. New golf clubs. New golf clubs. New purse. Those red bottom shoes. No, right? I don't have any red bottom But isn't bottom that what, shoes. like, they're fancy, though, right? That y- other people would get in trouble for all birds, purchasing. Yeah, for us, like, it's all birds. Yes. Or, like, bigger purchases you might save up with or tiny things that you want. But it's totally discretionary. So those things that you buy for yourself or those things that you want to splurge on or buy without judgment. We're each allocated a certain amount of money every single month, and we get to make those choices for ourselves. But the most important part of a certain amount of money is that it's the same amount of money. Yes. Equal amount of money for each partner to spend however they want every month. Our income has been always different. We've never, now at this point in our relationship, it's the closest it's ever been. I still earn a little bit more than Sarah does, but every year since the beginning of our marriage and i think we put our books i think we put our finances together before we actually got married or right before we actually got married i think we did but ever since that first year just before that first year we always put the same amount of money and aside this is, for the discretionary spending and this is important to note, Bud's nicely saying and pointing out the fact that when we first got married, I was starting a brand new business and I wasn't making any income for our partnership. I wasn't making a dollar. So our entire budget was run off his salary. And still, with this concept, we were both allocated the same amount. And that's because I knew how important it was because I didn't want you feeling strapped, hamstrung isolated, no fun city, because I felt like you were making an investment in us as a couple to grow a business from nothing that would be income, value, profitable, happy, fulfilling, that wouldn't be nine to five, that would allow us the travel flexibility we wanted. And I didn't want to have you struggling, being challenged at home and not be able to have any fun. Like, And then have me... Making money and be like, oh, man, it sucks you don't make any money. 
because <laughs> I'm going to the golf course and I'm buying new clip, new sticks this year. Totally. Or whatever it is. I think in this situation, it happens a lot that one partner makes more than the other. And a lot of times I think what happens for the partner that makes less or doesn't bring income into the family is that they don't feel like they can spend anything without asking for permission. Because the perspective can be that it's not my money, I didn't make it, so I really should ask if it's okay for me to spend it. And I appreciate that you never wanted me to feel that way about the money, that I was making a contribution even if it wasn't financial, and you wanted to recognize that by making sure that we had the same discretionary spending to do. Well, thank you. (laughs) So let's talk about some benefits of having a shopping budget. I also want to say shopping budget, we call it shopping budget, but it's a lot more broad than that. So yes, you can go shopping or buy things for yourself, but I also used this money to go on a trip with a friend last year. So it's really just any money you want to spend however you want. The way we treat it is that it's always just for ourselves. So like clothes, golf, trips, that's just alone, not with Sarah. As Sarah's example, going to... Greece with a girlfriend, that was just her, so she spent uh, money out of her shopping budget. Me buying golf clubs is just me, so that's me buying out of my shopping budget. And then what are some other good examples for people? Like haircuts or something that we still put in the shopping budget. Massages would be another one, even though we don't do a lot of that, but that would be another good example for people to think about. Sometimes activities when we travel that are just one or the other, so I have on occasion maybe gotten nails done when we were traveling. So that's a shopping budget type item. Stuff like that. To kind of just think that it's just you, not for the better of the couple or the team, that it's like, this is my own little cash stash. To have fun with. To have some fun with and do things that are going to, everybody likes to buy stuff for themselves. Even if it's it's not that expensive, just having the flexibility of being able to go out and get it, not ask for permission. And I never wanted to have Sarah feel like she needed to ask for permission or that she couldn't because she was always contributing towards the family. She was always contributing towards our success. And I always wanted to recognize that. So some benefits. I think you have some good concepts about how the shopping budget can be approached by a couple. Yeah. So there's three versions that people talk about. There's, well, there's actually two. There's savers in a relationship and spenders in a relationship. And what I really like about setting a spending budget or spending target that's the same for everybody is that when you are are in a couple with two savers, that gives you a frame of reference of what you both have agreed upon that you can go spend. So you don't feel like you need to feel like money is scarce and you can't go spend anything because you're already emotionally inclined not to spend anything. So by saying that you have 500 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month or whatever, or $10 or whatever it is, that you can go out and spend that money and feel comfortable with that dollar amount. And I could speak to that because I grew up in a family that didn't always spend very much. And so every time a purchase was to be made that was just for fun, there was some level of guilt about guilt, it. Yes. Guilt that money was being spent at all. And I still have some of those tendencies where I would almost rather just hoard the money just in case. And so the shopping budget gives me a feeling that, hey, this is okay. 
if I would like to buy something for myself, I can save up a couple months of my shopping budget and I can do that without judgment. And I also know that it fits into our budget. So I'm not shopping and putting us into debt or somehow robbing from our mortgage or other expenses we have to pay. This fits in our budget. So I can feel okay as a saver in spending this money. So that's kind of my perspective as a saver. And then the next couple that you usually have is one spender and one saver. And what happens in this couple is that by setting a shopping budget, the spender is reined in and knows what their limit is. And the saver feels comfortable that there's no more resentment and they don't have to be the bad guy. Yes, the saver is the police. Yes. You don't have to be the police. Like you sit down. You set a goal together, you allocate the money the same way. If you're the saver, all of the you know fear of being the bad person and the police and that, hey, you've got to stop spending all this money, you're putting us behind the eight ball on budget or on, on spending on fixed expenses or things that we need, yada, 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 all that goes away. And the spender has a responsibility to follow the budget and they know what the number is because a lot of times it's just good nature, as I believe that I would probably be the spender in the couple here, that if I know what the number is, I don't feel scared about going up to it because I know what it is. I don't feel like you're always looking over my shoulder trying to say, hey, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. Either. When the boxes arrive on the front porch, it's not judgment like, what'd you buy now? Yes. That's a funny story because we live on the same street that I grew up on like 20 years ago. And our UPS man is the same guy that was there. And it, because the, they know us so well, this guy referenced to my mother that, oh, man, your daughter-in-law is just as good of a shopper as you are. Now, I was like, fun uh-uh, fact, no, wait. <laughs> now, fun fact, the Amazon Prime account is in Sarah's name. But I am not always the one that is making the purchases on that account. So I will not be wrongly accused. And as soon as I heard that comment is, had been made, I was like, you know what, bud? This account is going in your name because 90% of the time, these are your boxes. And I will not be accused. It's still it's still in Sarah's name. No, it is. In your name. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, see, I don't even look at them. That's so, terrible. So then the last couple is the spender with a spender, kind of the dynamite challenge from a financial standpoint. If you talk to a financial advisor, like, oh, man, if you put two spenders together, lots of trouble can come together. So what happens here is by sitting down and both laying the goal of the shopping budget and looking out for a vision and a plan of how you want to run your finances, at the end of the day, you both live in misery together. You make the plan, and I know that sounds like... Or you get guardrails. It doesn't have to be miserable. It doesn't, but it might be miserable at the front front end. But, you know, if you've never done this before and kind of have spent unbridled for the longest period of time, might be a good way to say it, that you might feel miserable for the first couple months. But you know what? That's why you do it together. That's why it's the same number. That's why you have accountability partners together so that, you know what, you guys can figure this out together. And if you be miserable now, be happy in the future where you're setting your, where you're meeting your grander, greater financial goals instead of just buying the next thing. Yes. There are a few reasons I was so excited when we sat down today to talk about this. 
I have to say we have a lot of intentional practices in our relationship that I've felt for a long time would help other couples. But this one I think is the simplest that would help people to avoid the most issues. And over and over again, we encounter situations where I'm like, oh, this couple is having a fight about this purchase. And if they just had a shopping budget that they mutually agreed upon, this wouldn't even be a conversation. So one example and one situation in my life where I see this a lot is when I co-host a women's shopping party a couple of times a year. And it's super fun. It's one of those at-home parties where women get together and they can pick out clothing together. It's so fun and I love it. And everybody always loves the clothes. But the way that the women who come interact with money and the final purchase is so interesting to me. And there's always a couple people who say, oh, you know, I really like this thing, but uh, I'm not really sure if I should spend this money. I feel kind of bad about it. I'll need to think about it. Maybe I'll ask. And that always makes me just, I feel for that person who doesn't know how much she should spend and how much she should feel guilty for. There's also always the women in the room who kind of make their own choices about how much they're going to spend, but occasionally they actually ask if they can make multiple orders so that the total amount is smaller. (laughs) And because then their spouse won't notice how much they've spent. It's not one big number on the credit card statement. Hide things from each other. Yes. Bury them in the credit card statement. And I just feel like (laughs) I wouldn't want to keep those types of secrets. And I don't have to. I have such a free feeling when I go to this party. I've usually saved up a couple months of shopping budget so I can buy a few new things each season. And... I don't feel guilty about it. I never ask for permission. I know what I have to spend and I can spend it without guilt and without questions. And so when I see these situations, I'm just like, this is what the shopping budget is for because I'm so much more able to enjoy this event than a lot of other people who come here kind of nervous about the fact that they might make a purchase their partner doesn't agree with. And I love that you can enjoy the event, that you don't have to feel question or ask for permission because I don't have the patience for you to call me and ask me for permission. (laughs) I just don't. You're too busy for that. don't have, even if I wasn't just to be like, go get what you want to get within the budget. Like that's what it was all for so that we didn't have to have these kinds of, you know, well, I shouldn't do it or should I do it? Or if you want it, go get it. If it's in your budget, go get it. If you got to save a couple months, save a couple months. Then go get it. Whatever. Or go get it now and tell your spouse how you're not going to spend for a couple months and you get your budget back in line. Whatever. You guys figure it out together. I love the ability to save up a couple months in advance too because the shopping budget isn't necessarily big each month, but if you know that a purchase is coming up, you can choose not to spend for a few months or spend carefully and keep an eye on it. So it really is pretty flexible and can be used in a lot of situations. To wrap up, let's talk about a few ways that you might handle this in your partnership as far as tracking it and keeping an eye on it. As we talked about in our previous episode, we use the Quicken software. So all of this is tracked through our regular expense tracking. We know that not everyone's excited to use an expense tracking and budgeting software, so I did come up with a couple other thoughts in case this wouldn't work for you. 
I don't know much about Dave Ramsey, but I have heard people reference that he advocates for envelopes of cash and that when you use up the cash in your envelope, that means your money is gone. So if you don't use credit cards or you can't trust yourself with one, you can allocate a shopping budget in cold, hard cash and give each person the same amount every month. The Thank UPS you. man won't complain about how much you shop to, my, <laughs> to your mother-in-law anymore. <laughs> I don't know how you make online purchases with cash, but apparently that works for Dave Ramsey. But the other option, I did think about this, is you could do something similar with a prepaid gift card. So say you just get a prepaid yeah. Visa gift card, and every single month you deposit your shopping budget onto that card. And that's your totally discretionary spending. And when the money's gone, it's gone until the next month. And if you save it up, then extra money ends up on your card for the big purchase you want to make. Those are two great ideas. Thank you. I try to prepare those for are our friends who are listening. really smart. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my ideas. Any others? I do not. I cannot top that. I cannot Thank top you. those two. Well, you just love your Quicken software, so you can't imagine any other way to track it. the travel points on the credit card, too. I know. I know. So my final point is that I highly encourage you to consider a shopping budget or discretionary spending amount in your partnership that each person is allocated every month, even if it's only $10 when you start. Even if it's tiny, It feels so good to have a certain amount of money that you can spend on yourself without any fear of judgment. And I think that's a great place to start. And as you continue on in your relationship and your life situation, you might find a way to increase that. But even $10, I think, will make a big difference in your partnership knowing that this isn't an issue for some of those purchases you want to make. Yep. So to get started, the Confident Couples Challenge. Every single episode, we want to give you a small step that you can take to improve your relationship today. And today's Confident Couples Challenge is one that you can do by yourself, and that's to make a list of discretionary spending that you've done over the last couple months. I think in order to get started and to bring this up to your partner, you have to have an idea of what kind of amount might be reasonable for you. And what you spend. Yes, Focus on you first. Yeah, good point. Then come back to bring your partner into the fold and talk about them and what might be a joint number together. Yep. If you're the spender, that helps negotiate for a bigger number, too. (laughs) If you're the saver, that helps negotiate for a smaller number, too. (laughs) Give me negotiation tactics here. Either way, it helps you to come to the conversation with your partner with a lot of self-awareness so that they know that... This shopping budget idea isn't because you feel like they're spending too much. It's something that you're talking about from your perspective. And you could bring up in a future conversation once you start thinking about what's been spent recently and some things maybe in the future you'd like to save up for and buy for yourself. So your Confident Couples Challenge today is to make a list of your discretionary spending over the last couple months and then bring up the idea to the shopping budget to your partner, maybe at your next life dinner or your next partnership conversation, and you can take it from there. If you do give this a shot, we would love to hear about it. You could send us a direct message on Instagram if you want to keep it quiet. We're at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. We'd also love to see you hashtag confident couples on your next Instagram post. And we will know that you are listening and we can give you a high five. Anything else from you? 
budget man. Extra credit, Sarah shopping hashtag. No. (laughs) (laughs) You and making up these hashtags. The shopping budget wasn't my idea. I know. But no hashtag Sarah I shopping. I just made it. It was just a rhyme, Sarah shopping. You're cute. <laughs> they can cut that out. <laughs> I like it. We'll leave it. <laughs> all right. That's all we've got for this week. We can't wait to see how you implement this. And for now, cheers to Confident Couples. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Confident Couples podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode. Post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.